regular listeners might like to note that Mark has bought the smallest Easter egg for us to eat during this date night film. I've just been moaned at for buying the wrong Easter egg. <laughs> it was just, it looked so small. So small. How was, and I did say it looked a little, yeah. And then you opened it and you agreed that it was really tiny. I think it's a perfect, I think it's a, a perfect size for one yes. to, to split between two. No, it's not enough between two. You need to get the ones that's slightly bigger and maybe has the Freddo faces in. Moving on. No stars. <laughs> um, we know what we're going to watch. There's no sort of like dun 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 It's not changed moment. then. Yeah. No, it's not changed. Of course it hasn't. So watch your Minority Report. Yes, we are. That's what we've just said. I've just said, let's watch Minority Report. Yeah, but that was off the that was off the podcast. Yes, but that's also part of life, Mark. It doesn't have to be on podcast, on podcast, on podcast for it to be real. I'd just like to add a bit of drama to these things. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Minority Report. Come on then. Let me ask you the question. What do you know about Minority Report? Um, So Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. Is Samantha Morton in it? She is. She is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I don't think I know anyone else. Okay. Has she got a baldy cap on it? And like... I, 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 well, she's either shaved her head or she's wearing. Right. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know what she. I just remember her having a shaved head in it, or okay. yeah, like having a bald head, which I think she does in Walking Dead now. Um, sometimes she does. Yeah, I get the feeling yeah. that she does that in quite a few films. She's not scared yeah. of sort of taking the hair off or doing all that. I know it's a. Is it a Philip K. Dick? Yes. No. I. Yes. I think it is. I mean, I'm going yes. I'd have to check. But yeah, I've, I think it is, yeah. And I want to say it's about, like, arresting people ahead of time for mm. crimes they are about to commit. It, right, okay, that's interesting. And I want to say, and this is not an audio medium, but... <laughs> swiping <laughs> yeah. on screens. that I are Maybe not actually screens, maybe just images in the air. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like you've seen a bit of a trailer, isn't it? That's like what I've got in my mind is you've seen Tom Cruise doing all these weird things with his hands whoosh, 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 round on the screen. You've seen Samantha Morton uh, without her hair and you know the basic concept, you think? I'm a, I think, I imagine Tom Cruise is one of these future mm. police people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can probably fill in the plot. Okay. <laughs> like either he or someone he cares about is accused of one of these crimes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Then he's either conflicted or a fugitive. Worth watching still? Yeah. Well, yeah, I just can't believe you've not seen it. Well, there's not many. Like, there's a few Spielbergs I haven't seen, but they're mostly... Oh, you know Spielberg? Because that was going to be my big reveal of, like, it's a Spielberg. Oh, did I not? Right. Yeah, no, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, so yeah. There's a few the... Spielberg I've not seen, but they're mostly the Munich, mm-hmm. Amistad. Yeah. Did you do the Terminal? Yeah, that kind of sounds mm. right. Bridge of Spies. It's oh, those ones Bridge I've of, not Bridge seen. Bridge of Spies is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll put that on my list. I will put, put that on next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's probably the big blockbuster Spielberg that I've mm-hmm. yet to see. And if you listened last week, last week's podcast, or at least the last podcast that we did, we discussed Minority Report because you guessed that it was going to be the film that I was going to use for, for date night. And we yeah. said that we would like watch it on the weekend and two weekends later... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. We um we were gonna do it, and then we we're gonna do it midweek, mm. and we were we had a bad night, didn't we? Yeah. And then um I keep looking at the time of it, and it's it's two and a bit hours, two and a half hours, something like that. So it does really put you off a bit, doesn't it? Is it two and a half hours? I don't right. know. Okay, well, you've been telling me that you've been saying, oh, it's two and something. I think hours. it's over two hours. I yeah. don't know quite how long so it is. It kind is, of puts but... you off a bit, doesn't it? But anyway, mm. let's go. We're, we're early. You selling this to me? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Say what? It's early doors. We're going to add something to the Easter egg debacle. So we might have some cake plus Easter egg, and that'll make up for it. And there we go. We're so unhealthy. <laughs> well, we'll see you on the other side. Okay, Jad, what's coming? Double homicide, one male, one female. Killer's male, white, 40. Set up a perimeter and tell them we're on route. I'm placing you under arrest for the future murder of Sarah Marks. Give the man his hand. The future can be seen. 
or we have to run under the images that they produce. We see what they see. There hasn't been a murder in six years. There's nothing wrong with the system. It is perfect. I agree. Murder can be stopped. Tell me exactly what it is you're looking for. Flaws. Did we get any false positives? We are arresting individuals who have broken no law. But they will. The fact that you prevent it from happening doesn't change the fact that it was going to happen. The system can't be wrong. Wait. You say something, Chief? No. You're in a lot of trouble, John. I have a warrant in my pocket that says murder. Don't run. You don't have to chase me. From 20th Century Fox. He set me up. He set me up! And DreamWorks Pictures. Who's the victim? I've never heard of him, but I'm supposed to kill him in less than 36 hours. He's gonna get together. Tom Cruise. I need your help. If you contain information, I need to know how to get at it. In a Steven Spielberg film. I have to know. I have to find out what happened in my life. You tell me, who was it set this up? I don't know. How about now? On June 21st, everybody runs. Two days later. No, not two days later. It is? It's 24 hours later. Oh, oh no, you're right. It's only one day later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking that we started this two days ago, but no, no, it's just one. But yeah, we split between two nights. That's what I mean. Yes. Two nights later. Not two nights later. I knew there was something right in my mind. <laughs> so yeah, we, um, we got halfway through Minority Report last night. You were going to have a loo break. And then it turned into a, should we just go to bed? Yeah, yeah. This is a long, this is longer than it needs to be. Should we start off with that? Oh, I'm, I'm not, I, I was going to say to you that I thought it actually went quicker than I anticipated, but that's probably because of the split between the two nights. Yeah, that, that helps, yeah. I think yeah. if we'd done it in one night, it would have felt like a bit of a mm. slog. But I don't think, I don't think it has large portions that are, unnecessary or are you going to completely disagree with me i i i've got somewhat reservations about this um about the film okay i I enjoyed it i don't think it's not the film i thought it was going to be Mm. i thought this was going to be irobot kicking and punching yeah i've never seen irobot by the way oh okay just just for future uh yeah (laughs) yeah because i was really worried because you seem to you seem to know so much about this film. You know, when we did like the preamble and yeah. normally we go on for about 10 minutes, it was about four or five minutes. I thought, mm. well, you just know the whole film because you just said, you said everything that was going to happen. You knew who the star was, you knew the director, you gave me the plot and you were already starting to work out what was going to happen and you were right. Yeah. So should we say now spoilers for Minority Report? <laughs> yeah, spoilers if you even just heard the preamble because you said what was going to happen. Yeah, so you have reservations. So, I think my reservations are twofold. So, this film starts with a sort of introduction, pre-crime mission. And I I hate to go back to Inception, but I think as a high-concept, semi-sci-fi film, with a, a big mechanism in the uh, that drives the plot i think it, it's a directly comparable thing i think inception works because everything just ties together whereas with this i'm sat there and i'm five minutes into the film and i'm going well that wouldn't happen that's th- that wouldn't happen you wouldn't have the same guy doing the w- the, handy the, the handy thing of working it <laughs> out doing hand, and then oh i've got 10 minutes left i know i'll get changed and run to a helicopter and then be the person who arrests them mm-hmm. And I think in a... I don't know why that occurs to me because this is a well-made film in the most part and I'll, I'll, I've got some further reservations around that. But, yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't be asking those questions so early into a film when with an establishing shot. Don't you feel that... Like, I, I completely disagree that I would put Inception in this category. I understand what you're saying in, in terms of it's high concept, it's slightly futuristic 
inception i would say you know we've gone forward in terms of our our use of technology but um with this i i would compare it more with something like an an irobot like a um an ai which obviously is spielberg again with um a blade runner i'm much more putting it in that category where there is you know we're we're looking at something here it's 2054 this is what the world is like now and we are asked to just jump into that world. Why do you not include Inception in those films? I I think it's... I wonder whether it's because Nolan... It, you never get the whole, it is 21, 22, we are in this... You know, a lot of Inception feels like it's sort of quite oldie-worldy. Mm. You're walking through the streets of old Paris. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't feel that this is... So, I mean... I don't look at Inception as a sci-fi. So it's very much the fact that this, this has a title card which says 2054. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's just... It, it's set up much more... Stylistically, it's mm. much more of a... Well, I mean... I suppose with this and with the other films that I've talked about... You're looking at things that were, you know, the Philip K. Dick pieces that were then turned in into films for the screen, whereas Inception was not. I just feel they're two different films. But anyway, because I'll I'll say the other thing, the other thing I have problems with is the stylizing of this film, mm-hmm. because this does not feel like a film that's set in twenty fifty four or whenever it is. Okay, why do you say that? Because it's the film that set looks like it's set in two thousand and two mm-hmm. with a few mm-hmm. a, a few technology improvements, mm-hmm. some of which look incredibly dated now. Okay, talk about that because this film still gets a lot of praise for the way that it preempted what we would be doing now. So for example the use of screens, move, moving around the screens, the you know, when people pick up the telephone yeah. you don't have um, a telephone, like an old school 1980s telephone, mm. it's an earpiece, as we we have we would have now. But Bluetooth earpieces were around in 2002, weren't they? Yeah, but I don't think they were being used to the extent that you know every everyone is using them in in this film. So, right, so and I think you're, you're entirely right. The, the use of it's not touchscreen, but mm-hmm. sort of gesture control and things mm-hmm. like that is what is in screens and laptops and phones now. Mm-hmm. The the fact the thing that looks incredibly dated is when oh, I need those pictures over on my screen and someone has to put them onto yes. a little USB drive <laughs> which it isn't it's just a clear glass yeah. thing yeah. and then physically move them across. The other thing is the thing that set me off at the very first well, from the very first shot. You know if I'm got a time sensitive thing that I'm doing, mm. I don't. I just get some information on the screen. I don't write it to a wooden ball and then make the wooden ball go through <laughs> a fucking yeah. mousetrap um, <laughs> Rube Goldberg well, we machine. For... Yeah, for it to go around four, four spirals. <laughs> Those spirals added nothing. <laughs> Why is it a wooden ball? I know they try and explain it with like, oh yeah, these can't be fake. They can't be fake. Just get a printer with but, a watermark. Or just get someone, like the name to flash up on the screen, like you say. Yeah. You know, how do they know to... The, the name of the person to like scan it all in I find that really you know if the mm. precogs can see things why are they only seeing bits of those things but they're able to give you the exact name of the victim and the perpetrator spelt correctly yeah yeah so yeah I, I know there's holes in it yeah but I like the things like the personal... and they can't tell you the address no they can't tell you the address but but it's, and it's funny how their predictions just happen with just enough time for people to get there yeah. just dramatically that's how it works yeah but I like the things like um, if we're looking at the technology we're looking at the, the world as it would be in sort of like 30 years time the um, personalised advertising I think is really on point yeah you know when you walk into a shop and someone's saying to you that they're scanning the eyes and that's how they they're knowing it's used. They're IDing you, and then they're saying, "Oh, you know, you came for the for this last week. You wanted a pack of what? I think at one point they say like they, you wanted some like um what they call like vests or vest something. Vest tops, yeah. You know that sort of thing. Or he's walking down the street and they go, "Oh, John Linton, uh, you really want to go on holiday here?" And you see that now. You get personalised advertising to you now in your social media because they know what you like and the algorithm yes. sort of it. So I like it's just one step further, isn't it? Until you walk down the street and you're mm. going to get your own personalised advert. I like stuff like that. I think it's subtle enough 
that you can believe it to be the case. Yeah, okay. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, so I think this is a perfectly serviceable sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. This does not feel like a Spielberg film. Do you not think so? In the slightest. Really? Yeah. In what, what way? This feels... There's a lot of like horror moments in this. Mm-hmm. Certainly around... So for anyone who's reading, who's listening to this that hasn't seen the film, I'm thinking of my mum who will just listen to this anyway. <laughs> um, hi, mum. There is a plot point where, as Lane says, they identify people using their eyeballs. So there is a black, a black market industry in eyeball transplants. And that leads to a massively surreal section, almost Lynchian, mm. where Peter Stromer is <laughs> He's great as a hamming it up. Yeah, um, he's got an accent. Yeah, so doesn't he always? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I mean, like Prison Break and Armageddon mm. are the two things I can think of where he plays. <laughs> he's in Constantine or Constantine, I think it's Constantine, which is a brilliant film with Keanu Reeves. I don't think you've seen I've that. I've never seen that. We'll watch no. that at some point, and he he plays someone in that, and he, he's. He's, again, a baddie, and he's brilliant in it. I know him best out of Prison Break. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever watch Prison... Oh, yeah, we watched the we first watched, series. Yeah, we watched it together. Quite yeah. early on in our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I know him from there. Um, yeah, so he's having, having it all up. He's an ex-plastic surgeon yeah. who, it turns out, John Anderton, Tom Cruise, mm. put away. Yeah. Because he was doing this, like, he was burning people and then doing plastic surgery on them because he was a burn specialist. Yeah. Hideous. Um, so you don't really trust him, but you know he ends up doing the eyeball transfer. Yeah. And yeah, it is. It's very surreal, isn't it? He's got mm. he's he's got a nurse who is like being very inappropriate with Tom Cruise and like touching his bum and things like that on the when he's like under drug control on uh, under anaesthetic and also like the whole place is he's like snotting and it's mold everywhere yeah it's a it's a it's a really horrific scene yeah and there are things there that you don't necessarily see in a spielberg film like when we were introduced to the nurse that he's with quote-unquote nurse mm. she is on the toilet and through like some frosted glass you see her stand up and pull up her trousers yeah. and <clears throat> that's it. it. I wouldn't pick this out as being a Spielberg film. It doesn't feel in any. It doesn't look like any other Spielberg film that I've seen, have which you, which have, might be a might be a compliment, mm, but I don't quite think it is. I would. Have you seen More of the Worlds? Yeah, that's quite that's quite horror horrible. AI, I think, has got some really like horrific moments for me, like very emotive moments. I'm not necessarily talking about people on the loo and stuff like that, but. He he does do. I mean, obviously he's Jaws, but you know he mm. does do horror, and I think this is this is very dark. This is dark and and dingy horror that maybe you're mm. not used to seeing with him. The other problem I have is the action sequences, and there's only a couple mm. of real action sequences. Didn't there's points where people are like it's an action trope of going through a window into someone's house, mm-hmm. and the house just looked like a set, mm-hmm. and. The only thing I'm trying to think: why doesn't this work, and why why is this looking like a set? And the only thing I can compare it to is the Harry Potter films, which the early Harry Potter films, which I think also look like a set. And it might just be that the camera technology at the time had sort of gone ahead of our set dressings. But I don't feel like when I'm watching a film now, I very rarely think, "Oh, this is like this looks like a soundstage mm-hmm. or whatever." Um, but yeah and I expect better from Spielberg to be perfectly honest because Jurassic Park doesn't feel like a set Jaws doesn't feel like a set on far less budget well it isn't that's why yeah but yeah um, I've never felt like that in any other Spielberg mm. film so it might just be the time and the technology mm-hmm. it's a very dark film it's very dark yeah. uh, both physically and li- uh, yeah. both yeah both physically and sort of it, tonally you're either I mean there are a couple of moments outside but it's got this like sepia tone to it all the way through. It, this almost like the color has been washed out of it. Yes. You're getting a lot of lens flare, mm. and you're underground most of the time because the precogs, as the they're known, are kept underground. All of the prisoners are kept underground, and he when he goes to places, they're either really really dark, like the room where the eye transplant goes on, yeah. or he's going to criminals. Like the guy who essentially runs like a do what you like 
hologrammy type place where you yes. can, you can either have um you you can pretend to kill your boss or you can have lots of people standing around you telling you you're brilliant yes. you know those sorts of things and that's in the dark as well it's all in tunnels in the dark which does it does remind me a lot of blade runner because obviously that is very dark as well mm. some interesting cast here yeah. that pop up which i think i spent the first half of the film laughing yeah, at the cast as they popped did. up so do you know who i was laughing at so i know the first one was one of the guys that works with tom cruise he's one of the other cops he's got um blonde hair and he's got really piercing blue eyes yes who is that he's neil mcdonough Mm -hmm. he so he's a he's a character actor he was in the first captain america film he was one of the um sort of soldiers that was with um Chris Evans, Captain America, during the Second World War. It's called Dum Dum. I think he also appears in Agent Carter quite a lot. Can't remember it, unfortunately. No. Um, but I know him best. Um, just to just to tie in with the <laughs> with the theme oh, of the. Oh no! Uh, it's uh, he's not in Justified, is he? Yeah, he's one of the big baddies from season three of Justified. <laughs> just let me bang my head against the wall. <laughs> it's really yeah. He's he's, he's the, probably one of the most memorable villains <laughs> from the third. From the third series, yeah, uh, d- plays it really well. Plays like a property developer who comes to town, and he's a real quick draw, so can f- match really Gibbons it's not, on it's that. Not justified podcast love. Well, it, it, it very much <laughs> is. Who else did you notice? So the first person who gets arrested. The first person who gets arrested. Oh, the guy who is meant to kill his wife and his wife's lover. Yes. And Tom Cruise comes and stops him from doing it. Who's that then? That is, and I don't know what his name is, but he is Michael from Friends, the guy who Rachel dates when she gets really drunk after just finding out that Ross, um, finding out that Ross and Julie are getting a cat together. Oh, I don't remember that at all. That is very random. So Rachel and him are at dinner and... She's uh, she gets really drunk because she's really upset. So she grabs someone else's mobile phone and leaves the message on Ross's um, answer machine saying she is over him. Right. Yeah, it's kind of ringing a bell. I mean, we must see it about ten times a week. Yes. But yeah, Comedy Central will probably be playing that episode probably, right now, yeah. or at least in the next half hour. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Just, it. I just yeah, it doesn't come to mind. I think he's also in the early seasons of Ellen. Okay. Played a love interest of mm-hmm. Ellen, which mm-hmm. obviously <laughs> you probably these know how re- this is going. These are really specific small roles. Yeah, that yeah. But then the t- t- Tim mm. Blake Nelson rocks up oh, for I a know. bit. Oh, I know. I think Tim Blake Nelson is so creepy, isn't he? Well, I mean, Tim Blake Nel- Nelson is very, very creepy. Mm. That's just his like probably on his business card. It took card. me a while actually to work out where I sort of knew him from now. Uh, but he said he's watched. He's in Watchmen, the TV show. Yes. TV series Watchmen as the guy with the. Like the mirror over his face, he has a a mask, doesn't he? That's yes. mirrored. What's what was he called? He's like called something like that. It's meant to be a template Nelson. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's his character? Can you remember? It's been a year. He's got some something that is to do with his face being mirrored. But anyway, I will be quiet. Mm. Uh, the grandma from True Blood rocks up at some yeah, point. I know. <laughs> um, at some point, I thought it was Stephen Mangan rocked up, but it wasn't. It was somebody who looks a bit like him as plays Wally the Caretaker. Um, Colin Farrell. Well, Colin Farrell's the big one, isn't it? Who you didn't see. I, I didn't know he was in this. You didn't know he was in it. And what's your, what's your thought process on that? I really like him in this. Yeah, I think he's great. At what, so what point was Colin Farrell through his career during this? Is this when he's about to do sort of like phone booth or something like that? It must be. It must be. It looks it because it's young. Obviously, it's young Tom Cruise. It, it, it's Mission Impossible. I mean, it's probably not young Tom Cruise. No, it's no, quite old but Tom he, Cruise. He looks Mission impossible around this. What year is, um, what year is... Minority Report. So 2002. Okay. Um, same time as Phone Booth. Right. But previous... Mission Impossible was earlier. Yeah, but yeah. previous to this, I mean, like, it's only three years before this, it was in Balakis Angel. Wow. This must be, like, a breakthrough role for him. He's, he's really good in it. And yeah. I think he goes toe-to-toe with Cruz, who's obviously a massive star. And then, because I, I really bought into him being the, the big bad. Mm-hmm. Up to the point of like, oh, well, it's definitely going to be Colin Farrell. Yeah. And then obviously you realise that 
he's not just putting an act, he's actually investigating this yeah. afterwards. And, I mean, how I didn't realise that it was going to be, spoiler alert, Max von Sydow being the big baddie. <laughs> because, I mean... Come on. You might as well just put him in the credits as big baddie. As soon as he rocks up, you're like, there we go. Well, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't somehow. <laughs> I think this fell apart in the last act. Okay. I think motivations... I just didn't buy it all. Like, this this subplot, and this might be down to me watching it over two nights, mm -hmm. but the revelation of, oh, well, Tom Cruise had worked out about this woman that mm -hmm. was... But that was kind of a minor plot point in the in the I'm first hour. I'm not convinced hour. it was. I think, you know, the um, Agatha, is with Samantha Morton, and we'll mm. talk about it in a bit. When she sees it, he goes and investigates it. He takes it to Max von Sydow, and then the next moment, he's being set up. Okay, and it might be it might be a film that so improves a, on second a, watch. Yeah, that I think way. a lot to it. I've seen this film so many times. Mm. Like I know it. Like I remember things that I'm. There are some things that really stay with me. The the part where the guy who you're meant to believe has killed Tom Cruise's son many yes. years ago. He says something to him like, I was gentle, I was gentle. And I remember watching that the first time because he's sort of saying, I put him in a barrel yeah. and I drag, you know, and it's all this awful stuff. That line, I was gentle, stayed with me for ages. And when I think about this film now, it kind of comes back. Mm. There were some real moments of horror. Yeah. And mostly to do with around children or and much obviously around murder because this is what it what um, the whole idea of pre crime is about stopping murder. Yeah. But those those lines really really get to you or got to me. Okay. So there's those sorts of moments I think really stay with me. So yeah, I think this is one where you benefit from seeing it over and over again, although I find it a hard watch. I have well, to be honest. I can understand that. I mean, it's a mm. lot about loss. Yeah. Tom, and certainly given our circumstances, yeah. it there are certain things which certainly hit home. As yeah. A, a I warned you about it, didn't I? Before we watched the film, I did say, I want to give you a bit of a content warning. I've yes. realised I've picked a film <laughs> that has the death of a child in the centre and it, this is the death of a child through, through murder. Yeah. Um, very different circumstances, but it's still those those themes and mm. those those ideas still ring true. There's a particular scene with Samantha, Mor Mor Samantha Morton, who again, we will go and talk about in a minute, yeah. where she runs through how the deceased son's life would have been if yes. he hadn't have been killed. And it is a beautiful, it's proper, it's Spielbergian, it's, it's lit beautifully. Mm. There are moments where, you know, the parents are sitting down on, you know, on the ground. And I mean, it's it, beautiful. There's very unsubtle lighting of mm -hmm. the light behind her yes. and the darkness that they yes. are in. And, yes. Yeah. And, but she takes it, you know, like he's 23, he's at university, he meets a girl and, you know, mm. he, brings, he marries it. And it, that just absolutely looked like lovely. I'm not sure they really needed to know that he makes love <laughs> to a girl called Claire. <laughs> yes, I, know. I always think that. I always think, like, as his parents, they really want to know that, do they? No, no, no. no. Could you get on with it? I'm, I'm glad for him, <laughs> but I don't need to know. Could you pick another memory? <laughs> yeah, please? yeah. Could you pick something else? Yeah, I know. It's, it's quite. The, but yeah. Let's talk about Samantha Morton now before I say it. Let's talk about Samantha Morton again. Yes. And then not do it. How she didn't win all the awards go in for this film, I don't know. I think she is just stunning in this it, film. She's very good. I think it's a little bit... I don't think this this is the sort of film that wins acting that's right. awards. That's right. Um, whether it should or not, mm. you know, you can argue know, to the cows come home. When you've got Oscar, never normally goes for sci-fi do they not even nominated um no i mean that's ridiculous because the what she's doing in this the horror on her fit you know the physicality mm. of the performance she you truly believe that she's been lying there in that water for years yeah because even when she's halfway through the you know i think other films would have had her up and running within about 10 minutes and yes. she would have been fine and she would have been wearing like a jacket and some tight trousers and running in a pair of heels. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but in this, even at the end, she is still, her legs are like jelly. She's on the floor. She's holding onto his hand. It's she, incredibly physical. It's so physical. Mm. And you totally believe what has happened to her. But even, you know, the horror on her face 
when there's any violence because all she's done is live this violence and see this violence and she has repeatedly seen the murder of her mother and that face of her mother drown you know the drowned face of her mother yeah. staring at her like that's been her entire life you know that that the trauma that will have been with her forever mm. And you don't know how old she is, but she's very childlike in yeah. it. And you get the sense from when Tom Cruise goes to see the grandma from True Blood that she she was the one that was like experimenting on the children who were what they call narrowing addicts, which I think is meant to be like heroin addicts, but yes. really, you know, yeah. like genetically um, created mm. heroin, I think. Um, that they had come out with all these gifts if they were pregnant at the time that they had these children who had um powers essentially and but she was like saying that many of them had died probably because of what they'd done to them and yeah, yeah. It's an awful idea they'd been really experimented on and yeah so it's she really really sells it i think I mean, she's and, brilliant, um, but maybe, you know, Catherine Zeta-Jones needed her Oscar for Chicago. <laughs> did she? Oh, is that, was that the year? Yes. Oh, that's ridiculous. Isn't yeah. It? You think about, oh, yeah. Mm. Um, <sighs> can we talk about the product placement? Okay. I really, I didn't notice it. It absolutely stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Maybe you notice it more than the, the technology. No, no. The, not so even the technology, it just, I don't think nowadays, I think 2002 was kind of approaching the peak of product placement in films um, and every time you look at the watch, Bulgari is oh, in big letters. Uh, the cars are all Lexuses. We go into a Gap store. We walk past oh, yes. major advertising that is just so obvious. I think we're probably a couple of years away from Casino Royale, where it all just took a, all just took a data, like it just reaching the deer at that point, mm. where he's actually going. Is it like, is there is there a point where um, in Casino Royale where he's on a train and someone says, "Oh, is that a Rolex?" and he says, "No, it's a," and then. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 actually like okay. Yeah, and the only thing I've noticed it in recently, and <laughs> this this is, this is a film reference, is um, Hotel Transylvania Two. Oh my god! Which is cause it's by Sony Films, and there's people using like Sony phones, and it says Sony on the top of the screen. <laughs> Does it, is there a little arrow pointing Sony? Sony the may as Sony. well. The may as well. Wait, they might as well just rack back out a PlayStation. How funny is that? I just didn't notice that at all. But it's really weird that you you've really like. Oh yeah, that. yeah. It, just the the product placement is just so big in this, mm-hmm. um, and it's quite weird that Bulgari for mm-hmm. the for a digital watch. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine they make many digital watches. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. The other thing I want to mention uh-huh. is the moral side of things here. Yeah. So let's get into that because I really want to get into like the the theme. This invites you to. So I'm going to park the the main question that the that the film invites you to ask mm-hmm. about um, whether we should be prejudging crimes and things like that. You're going to park that. Yeah, just for now. All right. For me, the bigger thing was they are exploiting these three people, mm-hmm. and that is never addressed in the film. Mm-hmm. They have these three people who are kept in a pool. Yeah. And I'm like waiting for them to go. Yeah, but should we? Should we not should just we really? let them out? Mm-hmm. And this is never. That would totally be covered today. Yeah, I suppose you would expect Colin Farrell to be dead because he goes in and he sees them, and you yeah. would expect him at that point to say, "What are we doing with mm. these people?" But instead, he talks about them as if they're deities. As it, he he has a because he it's an interesting one. He has a bit of a religion. He brings a bit of religion into it. He's, he's he kisses. I think is he got Saint Christopher or something yeah. like that around his neck. Mm. Um, and he um he talks about his really went to seminary school and he he um quotes from the Bible. I think mm. at some point. So you would expect him to say, what are we doing with these three human beings? Yes, that are put laced in this. Yeah. And our hero, mm. Tom Cruise, at one yeah, point yeah. says, it's best if you don't think of him as human. Yes. What? Yeah. What? Yes. And even when he pulls Agatha out of the pond and goes on the run with her, he doesn't seem to show, in fact, he doesn't show any 
sort of worry or concern for her as a human being. Yeah. He treats her like a computer. Yes. He takes her to his mate yeah. at the Pleasure Palace yeah. and says, just download all the stuff out of her head. Yeah. He never says to her, are you all right? Do you want a burger? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Handy that they built a water slide into the um, isn't pool, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way out. <laughs> yeah, and like the other two as well. Uh, well, the other two are. Oh, and Arthur it's also and heavily protected the temple, but there's just a back but door into it. And all he has to do to shut the doors is jump up on one door. Yeah. Show, that, show that he can do a bit of like the arm. It's you like know, you closing arms. the blinds in Blake's. <laughs> true. It's true. That's got to reach high. Um, yeah. Um, th- yes, there is. And also that they've given them, they don't have the, their own names. Because they've named them. Did you get this? Yes. They've named them after very... Oh, you're looking like no, you, I didn't you, you get didn't this. get it. No. So who have they named them after? There's Agatha, oh, there's Agatha Arthur. Is it Agatha Christie? Arthur. Miller? Well, think about the theme. Of the oh, Arthur um, Manville. No. Manville? I don't know. <laughs> Conan Doyle. Arthur Colin Doyle, yeah. And Dashiell. And I know the surname, I can't think of it at all, but another famous uh, crime writer. That, that occurred to yeah, me. Yeah, it's Art and Dash and, and Agatha Christie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's that in yeah, it as well. But, yeah, no, no moral or ethical, you know, sort of questions around these three. Whether we should be using these, these human children. beings. Well, the, the yeah. idea is they were children. Yeah. So, they, we don't know how long... I mean, it's been running for six years. We don't know how old they were when they arrived. Also, mm. they're planning on expanding nationally. Mm. Where are they getting these precogs from? Well, I think that's... I think they're the three main ones, aren't they? So, it's just for them. So, could they be... They'll be... Yeah, well, I think that's... They'll be the clearing idea. the rainforest <laughs> with these wooden balls. <laughs> but how... How are they planning on expanding this, the, the, the range of this? I, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I sh- genuinely don't know. I think this is, this was going through my mind. And mm. I think okay. if it's, if this film, and I, I don't think it's a bad film, but I think it's the better film, you don't find yourself asking these questions. Okay. What about the main question though, this idea mm. of if you could stop crime from happening, and this is very specific, and they do say it in the film, they say, why don't they stop rapes? Why don't they stop, like, assaults? And that's because it's, yeah. it's something so metaphysical, murder is so metaphysical, that's, they ha- it has to be this extreme thing. That didn't sit with which me. Which didn't sit well with me, because clearly all types of crime can be horrific. You know, do you know what I mean? It, just it seems, doesn't have to just be murder. It seems quite convenient. Mm. It it seems to me like they just want to put a limit on it. I think a lot of the things in this, they are putting limits on this mm-hmm. bit just for plot reasons. Yeah. And I think they stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, the, the the metaphysical connection between two humans killing each other. Piss off. <laughs> That's well done for wrapping all of that. Though. Yeah. But anyway, let's go back to the, the moral question. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a bit like, would you go back in time and kill Hitler question, isn't it? I yeah. I think it's a really interesting query. But... I mean, there are now. I mean, this this is this is happening in the real world. You know, like they, there are people in different ways studying our data mm-hmm. and getting intelligence on yes. us, and they are. I mean, the question is: Should we stop terror? Should we be monitoring people to stop terror incidents mm-hmm. before they happen? Mm-hmm. And should we arrest people for googling things, googling things. and mm-hmm. things like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know what side to come down on this, and I don't think this is the really the place to to come down on the definitive honeymoon <laughs> period opinion yeah. on that. Welcome to the moral maze. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's obviously I can see the flaws in the system, but I also like to f- feel that there is a lot of work being done to help people feel safe, mm-hmm. and it's not. I don't think it's a yes no answer. Well, I think this film shows you that the these things perhaps start out with good intent but there's mm. always a flaw in the system and Colin Farrell says and it's always a human flaw isn't it it's always somewhat a, a person yes. who does something as we find out in this film who people who are not, who you know haven't got best interests at heart yeah, the idea of if you had if you could if you knew for example that someone that you loved was going to be be murdered and that was stopped of course you would want that to happen wouldn't yeah. you of course you would that you know you and you would say well that's a great thing to have occurred mm. but then of course so many variables would that have actually taken place and was there an alternate 
course of action. And you see in this film that there are a number of alternate courses of action. You see the precogs, particularly at the end, you see the precogs see um, Lamar, Max von Sydow, shoot Tom Cruise. You don't see a scuffle no. where he kills himself. Yeah. You see him shooting Tom Cruise. There's no question about that. And mm. yet he chooses to shoot himself in the end. Convenient that, isn't it? Yeah. For a plot point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't think Tom was ever going to get, you know, murdered at the end. I mean, Tom gets... I mean, Tom doesn't get a great... I was about to say Tom gets a great ending because his son's still dead. But Tom gets a better ending in terms of he gets back with his wife. Mm. You see that they're going to have another child. And you also see that the precogs are sort of released and are living together in a lovely shack at the end. Can we talk about Tom Cruise? Because we've not mentioned him, really. No, no, I, I find it difficult to talk about Tom Cruise because he, he, just, he just is what he is, isn't he? You know, like, he's, he's just there being Tom Cruise. I would say he's more vulnerable in this than he has been in any film I've seen him in probably since. Oh, do you think so? I'm saying that without actually thinking that through. <laughs> but I suppose he's been in so much. You don't see Tom Cruise as a drug, drug, drug addict now. No, no, you don't. I don't yeah, think he yeah, would yeah. ever yeah. allow the brand of Tom Cruise to play uh, a drug addict. Entirely, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I think he's... You know, when you look at his... Um, what's his, what the word I'm looking for? It's like his back catalogue. Religious views? <laughs> his back catalogue. I think he's more... I think he's willing to go further than we give him credit for because we think of him now as the big franchise you know and think of Mission Impossible um particularly. Yeah. Because that's what we're seeing more of him in now mm. in his sort of older I haven't seen him in a a dramatic role, you know, a purely dramatic role for for a long time. I'd love to see him do something like a um, what's the Paul Thomas Anderson Magnolia? Never seen it. I know you haven't, and that I th- I'd love to see him do something like something off the wall like that again. I Which think he will at some point. The closest he's I'm looking through his IMDb mm. now. So going backwards, there's Mission Impossible Fallout, mm-hmm. American Made, which I don't think we even watched, did we? No. The Mummy. Yeah, and that's yeah, mm. just. Yeah. Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. I did see that. <laughs> Rogue Nation. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. Which I love. Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Jack Reacher. Rock of Ages. Ghost Protocol. Night and Day. God, that's a bad oh, film. God, that is, yeah. And then probably you go back to Valkyrie mm. and before he's actually, which is 13 lo- years ago. Yeah, it's a long time since he's been doing those. those mm. Interview with a Vampire. I just, I think he's got so many good dramatic roles in him and he's gone into the action franchises yeah and i think that is the brand of cruise mm, now and i mean yeah. god he can't carry on forever i mean he well, yeah. he might well he's superhuman he's superhuman by the looks of him i mean going he's 60 next year yeah, i know i know but look at him now honestly i you know jumping out the planes hanging on the planes going up buildings all right yeah i mean <laughs> Break, breaking his ankle while he's doing it and then carrying on <laughs> I find him fascinating. I think obviously there's two sides to it, isn't it? Whenever you speak of Tom Cruise, you've 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 got the whole of you know his personal life that that clings on with him. I try and divide that with him because I enjoy so much what he does on the screen. Yet I have a lot of questions, a lot of questions about his personal connections. But yeah, I would love to see him in a in a more dramatic mm. role. I'd love to see him in an age appropriate role. I think that's quite ageist, actually. Can I pull you up on that? That when he's doing all this jumping about and all this action stuff, I don't think we should say that he has reached a certain age and therefore cannot do it. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So what do you mean by age appropriate? I mean, I don't say stop doing that, but I'd love to see him play the role of a 59-year-old. Oh, right. What, like a typical 59-year-old yes. that isn't climbing up the Burj Khalifa. Yes, and isn't... You know, dating a woman 20 years his junior. I, th- I think that's Hollywood. Generally, it shouldn't be. But I don't think we can blame that on him. But that is what happens. Mm. That is what happens in, you know. I know. Um, Who is the woman from Rebecca Ferguson? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. 20 years. Mm. She's younger than us. Is she? Yeah. Wow. She's amazing. I love her. 
Could I ask a question? Yes. I that we haven't touched on yet, but I always think about with this film, and I never, I never hear anyone talking about it. Partly because, and I did this today. I was looking for other podcasts talking about Minority Report. Didn't find any. I went through all of our usual streams with all our usual podcasts to see it if anyone is twenty did. years old. Yeah, I know, but you know how some people do go back and, yeah. and watch watch films. Um, and then I was reading things about it as well. I was just like sort of googling it generally, but no one seems to ask this question. Do you think there is a possibility that the son, that Tom Cruise's son, was kidnapped and murdered? in order to get Tom Cruise to join pre-crime. That's always been the way that I've interpreted this film. Pre-crime started six months after Tom Cruise's son was was taken. He's known this guy, Lamar, for a long time. He's been in the police force for a long time. And Lamar, Max once said, I wanted him to... Sorry, I can't hear you saying Lamar, say Lamar without thinking of... A... <laughs> If there's any justice in the world. Or Lamal as well. <laughs> I've been thinking that. Yeah, so Max once said out, you get this idea that they've been together for a long time. He actually calls him my boy. Now, Max von Sydow, we know, has been um, involved in murder before because he's murdered this Anne Lively. There's this suggestion that they've murdered these children or been experimenting on these children and these children have died. So we know that he's a bad... Would you not think that he would have orchestrated that or had people... To do, to do that because you never find out who killed this child would you not think that they orchestrated that in order to bring John Anderton into pre-crime because he's like the best cop and everyone wanted him involved and then he would be the face of it that's always how I've interpreted this film I didn't know if you had sort of thought of that when you were watching it <laughs> no. the look on your face tells me no no I don't think there's anything in there that indicates oh, really? that. However, I also think there's nothing in Blade Runner that indicates anything to do with uh, him being a replicant. So, <laughs> oh, let's not go down that. So you know, like I think you're, I think you're, I think you're selling your little story you to the I'm wrong just, person here. Do you think I'm just coming up with? I really, I would like. If I mean, I, it's a beautiful piece of uh, Manor oh, Report no, fan fiction. No, no, I just, I just think it's really obvious, and, but I've never heard anyone else talking about it. Or yeah, because you've made it up. I think it's a. I don't know whether the film's inviting us to think that, but clearly it isn't. I mean, you're telling me it's not. Another, you know, no one else is saying it as well. But I just think it's so obvious that that's what's happening. It's not. Final thing. Yeah. Did you like how the name of the film came up in a piece of dialogue when you were least expecting it? A bit like when and we have this chat all the time. A bit like when the name of the album comes up randomly. In a song yes. on the album. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, Grants for Divorce has the seldom seen kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what was the... Just enough education to perform in Mr. Writer by Stereophonics. Yeah. We text each other when we, we see we these. Do. Yeah. We do. And they, the, the idea of the minority report. Which is kind of a red herring that mm. doesn't... Yeah, that doesn't pay off, does it? Because they say that one of the precogs might not agree with the others and yeah. that's called the minority report which is then discarded yeah mm-hmm. yeah doesn't really come and then he when he's capturing mm. agatha and say where's my minority report and where's my minority? and she's like oh you don't have one don't have one no oh, no okay sorry we've wasted 20 minutes chasing <laughs> after this little uh plot point i've got one more question to ask okay did you ever watch the minority report tv series no but it keeps coming up on our TV and um, what what channel um what channel is it on what um is it Sky is it Netflix is it, it's not Netflix because I've seen it's not on Netflix I don't know it's one series in 2015 on yeah it keeps honestly it keeps coming up on our TV I only knew about it because when I was searching for it on Sky to getting mm-hmm. it set up mm-hmm. I mean this looks awful this yeah, TV yeah. show. Ten years after the end of pre-crime in Washington, D.C., one of the three precogs attempt to lead on a normal life while still suffering from visions of the future. Will they be able to hold it together or mentally break down and give up? Oh, that's horrible ending. Yeah. Um, I take it it's not Agatha. It is Agatha. Oh, is it? But it's not Samantha Morgan. No, it's Laura Regan, who I've never heard of. of. No. Um, Oh, she's unbreakable. Okay. Um, Oh, so Wally the caretaker's in it. Oh, of course he is. He's the one person that's in it. And he's then... creepy in this film, so he shouldn't be in that TV show. He's, he's got a... an unnatural 
um, attraction to Agatha. I want to say something about what he gets up to in his spare time when no one's looking. I don't want to, yeah. But let's not go that's, there. But that's clearly that's what happened more than once. Yes, that's clearly what they're yeah, yeah. saying. Ugh. I wish they'd just put him in a normal swimsuit as well. Yeah, why why do they put them in these see-through that well, you know, I know why they do yes, it. Yes, I know why they do it. Yes. I would have thought Spielberg was better than that though. Mm. Mm. Is that it? Now we're talking about inappropriate swimwear and uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's enough now. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. You haven't given it a star rate. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm not sure. Like mm. it it's High three, low four. Okay, that's better than I thought it was going to be. It was it was going at a four until the final act mm-hmm. where, yeah, I don't think it necessarily paid off. I'll go three and a half okay. stars. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, well done. You'll, you'll accept well that, done. will you? Well, well, done. Well, done, well done for, well done for yes, well semi-liking done. this film. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening to this 20-year-old film review. We are going to be coming back with a TV show podcast very soon yeah we'll come back with a, a main show we've got a lot we we've got a lot to watch a lot to talk about yeah we've got loads of telly to, mm. we've actually just had a semi-argument in the kitchen about what we were going to talk about on the main show this i week. don't think we had a semi-argument i think we did <laughs> you wanted to do one thing and i said no and then i changed my mind oh you've changed your mind now no no we've gone no we've gone through we've had the discussion and we've decided it now have we yeah we have we've, we ran through exactly what we were going to do so we talk about this off air <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, please give us a like on Instagram on Twitter in Letterbox, which I don't think anyone uses apart yeah. from me but I really enjoy <laughs> using it where you can see my star ratings for films that I watch that aren't on the podcast and you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at The Honeymoon Pod and please give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get a podcast a nice one please yes please thanks very much thanks a lot see you later see you later